What? What was the great question? <laughs> no, he, he asked, ano, si Nick asked her, um, tell, tell me when you first fell in love. And then yung sagot niya, ah, yeah, well, I'm just telling my boyfriend niya eh. Parang, <laughs> Let's let's save that. We can we can bring that up in the show, right? Hello, everybody. Good evening, morning, oh wherever you are. <laughs> I am Quark. I'm Mouse. I'm Ramon. Chaotic and, neutral. And you are listening to Earthquake. Yeah. And, w- and welcome to our special episode, Tresse, After Dark, After Dark. We are with the co-creator and writer of the Tresse comic, Mr. Budget Tan. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Also the executive producer. And I really, I mean, this is the best job, I, the best sounding job ever. Showrunner. Love it. <laughs> right? Give me goosebumps. Like, like, yeah, when you say, what do you do? I'm the, sh- the showrunner. The showrunner. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, oh. thank you. But Jay is actually the showrunner. But so executive producer He's and writer. Here. And the, the, the show writers also, uh, aside from Tanya, we have Mr. Zygmara Segan and Mr. Mick Vergara. Manila's most eligible bachelor. Hi, guys. Dropping some lines. I love how you introduced us as one unit. Sabi nga ni Ato Maraulio eh, di ba? Parang ano, <laughs> oh, kayong mga kambal, di ba? Like, oh, parang, uh, ang close nyo na. <laughs> ang close nyo nyo eh, Atom. <laughs> and they just so. met that day, ha? <laughs> they just met that day. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's that's that, oh. that's the effect the kambal has. So. Correct, exactly. <laughs> On people, um, and this is a this is like a special end slate masterclass, I guess. On, on <laughs> basically oh, writing, whoa, whoa, writing whoa. and adapting a series. Oh, that, might be, that might be an overpromise part. Masterclass in kalokohan, pa I just want to okay. say thank you to Globe. And um, Netflix for the support because they made this episode happen. Globe, thank you, Netflix. Globe, dating dating ano? Uh, Aliente ni budget yan. I know. I know. <laughs> it's a so strange and delightful, and I, you know, to that. And if you now that you mentioned it, it's the client that drove me to write this. <laughs> I don't know if you can see Thank you, Globe. Without yeah. you, without you, there would be no <laughs> It's like, you know, this is the tenth time we've been rejected for this thing. I'm gonna do my own thing over here. <laughs> but yeah, to, to see all of the promos, to see all of yeah, I I used to write all of those text blank to join the promo. You know. This is a great takeoff point. 
um, because my, my, my first question budget actually had had something to do with that. Because I remember, so you know, a big big budget fan since I was a wee teenager. I mean, you know, we'd hang out in NU. Uh, budget, of course, wanted Alamat Comics and um, super fan of of uh, um, your your writing work then. And then you joined. Um, uh, an ad agency, I want the name, <laughs> but uh, but I remember I'd, I'd read um, mga blog posts or emails and and you know you kind of like I remember one of them ended with like I just want to write comics and um, and I remember you sending me this yay tada <laughs> wow oh, boy that's ano yeah. yeah this is a photocopied ano the basically photocopied and stapled uh, trese uh, ash Ashcam, Ashcam, yes, yes. 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 Uh, um, and I remember, yeah, you sent it uh, over to NU in, in like a Manila envelope, and I was like, "Oh my God, budget's back!" Um, so yeah, so talk about that, like returning. I mean, you 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 were you uh, were a successful copywriter uh, in the Philippines, but I think the the calling talaga was. I know it about for I know you are a successful copywriter now in, in Denmark and in the world. But <laughs> the, the calling of, of comics, like how how did how did that come about? Um, and how how did you how did you find the time to, to get into that again? The, um, so yeah, so Treasure was written uh, during OT nights or during uh, or after OT nights for that matter. Um, and and some and there are times, of course, for those of you you know familiar with the ad agency process, after the copywriter has written copy, it's essentially the art director's job to art direct. So, which usually takes I I don't know the rest of the night. So, but since you're a concept team, you have to stick together and make sure that your art director doesn't change the copy you wrote once you put it there, right? So. Um, so, so that's why I ended up staying late nights. Um, but the in, now that you've mentioned it, there were other, the year I wrote Trese, there were other comic book gigs that came in. There were other people who invited me to like, oh, can you contribute to our anthology and things like that. So I think 2005 was like a, a warm-up year for me after many years of not after many years of getting buried by copywriting work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, so, and and then, um, and Trece was based on a, a script I was attempting to write. So back in 2002, I wrote a draft of Anton Trece, NBI agent, investigating supernatural crime in Manila, total rip-off of X-Files. <laughs> um, and then 2003, I dug it up again, and I tried to write it in Tagalog. And then it was Anton Trece, tabloid reporter, investigating supernatural crime in Manila. <laughs> Total rip-off of Carl Kolchak, the night <laughs> <laughs> But the three main elements there was Trece investigating the death of the white lady. And the and the opening and the opening scene was him talking to the Nuno. So those were the staples of that. That was the that was like the starting point of Trece. I had no idea how to end it until Kajo sent me the fateful text in 2005, and he said, "Bunch gawatay ng comics, gawatay ng monthly comics, pero dapat 20 pages lang siya." And because he gave me the parameters of the 20 pages, I thought th- then it forced me to to 
to come up with an ending in 20 pages. Um, and it felt like it felt uh, like a, a natural deadline because working in advertising, you told you and you need to tell a story in 30 seconds. So a 20 page, you know, uh, um, what do you call this? Uh, guardrails kind of felt like it was more liberating than limiting. And eventually, uh, you know, I, I got to finish the 20 pages, uh, sent it to Kajo, and he finished it in 20 days as promised. Um, and we just went on from there. And, and it was, it was a, uh, <laughs> a desire to do something that didn't need approval. <laughs> from, from, from certain clients, <laughs> from your boss, from your 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 teammate, because that's the working working relationship which was like, I'll write this, you draw it, and when you draw it, you know, I'll I'll script it, and very minimal changes. Um, but yeah, and and I guess it was like after. Doing so many attempts at you know you, when we started Alamat Comics, um, it just felt like okay, this is the thing that I want to try and do. I want I want to do a detective story, I want to do a police procedural, but I want to set it in the Philippines. Um, and and I was a big CSI fan, and in, you know CSI made science the the whole you know cornerstone of the investigation. So I thought. What would make sense in the Philippines? Do I realize? And I researched on the Soho. I researched on how like <laughs> they would do stuff, and I thought this would take forever to solve. You know, <laughs> if we relied on Soho uh, uh, technology or investigation uh, techniques. Um, so I said, okay, Presse will use magic. Um, so yeah, those became the ingredients, and and we just kept going after that one issue. And Kajo was an uh, art director or uh, also or yeah. So I was in um, I was in Harrison Communications, which is the sister company of Macan, which is like three four buildings away. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kajo was uh, art director in in handling Coke, and I was handling I was copywriter handling Globe, and again that just two big crazy you know uh, accounts, which made me think we can never do a monthly comic book. Um, but he was the one who's, who committed. You know, as long as you give me a 20-page script, I will spend my one hour of lunch, uh, as the legend goes, uh, uh, of, of drawing this page. Wow. Um, and, and that's exactly what we did for, I think, for a good year. And that's, what, and that's how we ended up with the first eight issues of Trece, which was then enough to pitch to Vizprint. Um, and and that was enough to uh, for us to say okay we've got this much stories let's let's release it you know would would you be interested to release it and there were and and I was and of course I can't help but now look back in memory lane and dig up in my, dig up my inbox we got rejected by uh, of course we got rejected by all of the US publishers because <laughs> you're like look at us with our little comic book. <laughs> um, <laughs> We, we got rejected by a, a local publisher, uh, one of the big ones. We got uh, an invitation from another local publisher, but, we, but they said, 
okay, we'll do this, but you need to rewrite it in Tagalog and we want to own half of the rights. Wow. <laughs> and, said, oh, and said, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, there were all of these like, okay, well, we'll just, we got rejected here, we got rejected there, let's just keep Xeroxing it. Nice. Um, so, so, yeah, so, and, and yeah, eventually we got into this spring. Yeah. Thanks to, and, yeah, so, Nida Ramirez gets special mention for taking a, a chance uh, on us, and and again, if you, uh, there was something about this print's uh, original uh, slate of titles. If you look at it, they they were the publishers of Bob Ong, which is the kind of story you would not have found, you know, during that time. Uh, and then when I saw them publish Jaja Zaturna and Kiko Machine, that was just also like a light bulb moment, and and I went, okay, maybe this is the publisher that might want to take a chance on. A crazy comic book like this, and they did. Sweet. And I remember Ramon was telling us, right? Uh, you you found it in uh, Comic Con, um, and uh, that, that, that's also where you where you were buying the the Xerox copies, right, Ramon? Yeah, yeah. And re- remember, by when they were still in uh, buying alumni, and they would become really sweaty by lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone wanted the table next to the giant electric fan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Tanya, congratulations. I Thank know you. it has been such a struggle. <laughs> such a long journey, dude. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> right. Um, but it's, it's super interesting how this, it, this came about as a Netflix animated uh, original from, you know, your, your original intent and, and, you know, from, from when you first optioned it. Um, can you talk a bit about how you discovered uh, Trense and and basically the, the that lo- the, a bit of that long journey, right? Yeah, pre pre Netflix, the pre Netflix, yeah, the pre Netflix journey. journey. Uh, how long is this podcast? Because this spans like eleven years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail. I don't think we have enough time. But uh, and I've told this story a little bit before. But for those who haven't heard it, uh, it's around 2009. So that's kind of where it started. And I was working in LA. And I'd been home for Christmas and I was about to leave. And I was looking for material to kind of either adapt, produce, like set up. Because I was thinking of either coming back home or kind of, you know, going alone, you know, going it alone in terms of like producing. And a friend recommended like, oh, you should read this graphic novel. Like, you know, Tressa, I was like, I, I did, and I'd known like that, Filip- you know, we had like a Filipino comic scene but I didn't know like where we were at that point. And so when I picked it up at National and I picked up some others because I'd seen what they'd had, but Tressa was the only one that really had a story that I felt, oh, you could adapt this to, you know, to the screen. Like live, at that point, live action, I wasn't even thinking like animation. So that wasn't viable. So because I used to work in the production side of advertising and I had some pe- friends in advertising who also knew Budge, I just had them get his number <laughs> and just let him know somebody was going to call him. And then I cold message Budge, like, hey, you don't know me, but I read your book and I really like it. Can we meet up? <laughs> and he said, yes. So, you know, he was nice enough to kind of take a chance and kind of meet up. And I remember that we went to Mary Grace in like Greenbelt. <laughs> and that's where <laughs> we had the conversation. And I was telling him, you know, what I do. And in my time, you know, working in LA, I'd come across a lot of like, at that time, you know, Marvel and 
comics in DC that was all hot property to kind of be adapted. Um, and so I thought, you know, it's it's a long shot, but I think this kind of story has like a really good chance of doing it if the opportunity is there at all. So after a while and after some life changes, um, I had met up with my producing partner, Shanti Harmine, and I, you know, I, I talked to her about the book and she loved it because the thing about both of us is we thought the stories out of Southeast Asia you know, if you handled it well and you found the right audience and you figured out, okay, what's, who do you set it up with? They had the potential to cross over, not just for the local markets, but either regional or also international. And Trese was literally the very first title we worked with. Um, but then that began the journey of like going to different studios. We did this the other day, but we kind of like how many execs did we talk to? Like how many studios did we go to both local and international? I think the number, we're not quite sure because there's like some small meetings in between. It might've been going towards 20, if wow. not a little bit more. But that, that's we, like in the eight, nine years that we were working on it. Can we name names, Tanya? Can no, we name drop? Can we name, I want to name drop them, Tanya. Because <laughs> every year, Tanya would say, oh, this guy is reading press. Oh, this, oh, we met with this guy and he's not reading press. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was one, there was one producer who was very interested in press, though. One studio. Which one? Madamia. <laughs> and, then, and, then, oh, he, and then he was following up on you. And then you were like, I wait, 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 wait. <laughs> they were developing it with him. And then suddenly he was like, oh, po, kumusta na Trese? Are we gonna make this? And like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And then biglang nasa Netflix na kayo. And that was... <laughs> that was... <laughs> that was Grow Studios. <laughs> Dude, you weren't ready. <laughs> I know. Full like, circle, full circle. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> yeah. like no hard feelings, but actually may hard feelings. <laughs> <laughs> no hard feelings, but let me just bring it up in this podcast. <laughs> in a podcast for all to hear. <laughs> oh, I mean, I have to add it. <laughs> <to the list. laughs> um, no, but you did mention the guy, the guy that you mentioned. <laughs> But it's are you are we allowed to talk about the you know, like like also how it became an animation from yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah. And you know, it actually anime wasn't something we were thinking of and the opportunity because you kind of have to see the market, right? Who's buying for what, what our audience is watching. And when we had started like 10 years ago. No one was really committed. There were maybe a few, maybe HBO Asia was kind of, you know, commissioned their own in-house for like live action stories from Southeast Asia. But there was no Netflix in the region. There was no Disney Plus in the region, you know. And initially, if you wanted to make a story from your territory, it was going to be like cinema or theatrical. And for that to happen, your market, your audience should have been like your box office was doing well. So like investors would be, okay, it's viable. Let's make it for this budget because we think we're going to make this in this much money in the theaters, right? So it came to, we had been pitching it for live action and, you know, um, we, you know, we went to Netflix and they were also considering it, but it wasn't quite working out. But then um, John Darian of like Netflix anime, they had just done Castlevania and Castlevania was such a hit for them that now they started looking for anime outside of Japan. 
And it, the timing was perfect because we had Tresse in with them. And he's like, this is great. Like, but the thing is, it was also a risk for them because it's like an unknown title from a smaller um, uh, market territory, even though, you know, now, you know, Filipinos, like there's a lot of subscribers for Netflix for Filipinos. But at the time it was like a risk, but he said, okay, let's do it. And everything happened so fast after that. Like we closed the deal. They announced in See What's Next in Singapore in 2018. Um, and finally we closed the deal. Like, okay, we're going to announce this. I'm like, oh, do you need us? No, no, no. We're just going to announce it. Do you need us to like help PR? Just like get the word out? No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. And we're like, what are we going to do? So I was in Jakarta because my company base is um, where we're, we're, we're Southeast Asian, but we're based out of Indonesia and Singapore, Indonesia and Singapore. So I was in Jakarta and then we're like, OK, it's going to happen. But let's see. Let's just amplify when it comes out. But apparently in that See What's Next um, event, there were Filipino journalists because they had to do it for the region. And we're like, OK, well, they pick it up. Later. But apparently and the story goes when they flashed the the big like and we used an image a high-res image that i'd asked kajo to send over but it's basically alexander tress and the black and white in like her you know iconic like robe and they said and next is like an original anime coming out of the philippines and then they flashed that slide apparently there was a collective gasp wow. in the audience literally they told me after they're like <gasps> they could hear that and then people were like furiously oh my god and then because the embargo was supposed to be 5 p.m., but they announced it at like 9 or 10. And I was still trying to line up people out of like, you know, I was asking people, hey, this there's news coming out, but can I see you this? And Indonesia trying to do, but already people were pinging me now, what, is this happening? Is this true? Like, and then there's things on Rappler, there's like everywhere. And apparently no embargo for like, hmm. or online media in the room. And so the news was out. So Shanti and I had looked at each other because at that point that was already... 2018, so almost like seven, eight years at that point. We're like, is this really happening? Is it is it fake? Is it real? Like, oh my God, it's really happening. So then that, and then, you know, Jay, Netflix had like said, okay, we think Jay Oliva is a, a great candidate for this. And Jay always talks about like, he got it because he was, he got the job because he was Filipino and that's never happened in his life before. <laughs> <laughs> But when you look at it, when you look at his body of work, it's like, wow, that's a great get is to have Jay Oliva come on board because the depth of his DC films, they're more emotional. They're a bit more complex. They're not quite black and white. So it was like, it was good. And then we met and we're like, okay, we're on the same page of that. And through all this time, I have to say for Budge and Kajo, because we would fill them in, like we'd say, and I told them from the beginning, first of all, you're going to, they're going to adapt it. We're going to, it's, it's, we'll be involved. We're, we're going to protect the quality of it. But when you adapt and if you sell it to like a studio, you don't know, they have the power to kind of change it, but that's the price you kind of pay if you want to play in a bigger arena. And so we would update them every year as Budge says, and they, you know, they're, and I've, I've worked, you know, I've met other creators who aren't as brave enough to kind of let go a little bit, but Budge and Kajo were like fearless. They're like, yeah, Let's just go for it. Let's just see where we go. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So the four of us were like partners in this roller coaster up until we find like, guys, Netflix, anime, and it's going to happen. And we're like, oh, my God. Oh. And so that's where Wait, we So how, out of all the available writers in the Philippines, why did you pick Zig and Mick? <laughs> State number one. <laughs> 
<laughs> but this isn't the first time you worked together, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. No, actually, uh, I, we were talking about it during the day from the uh, the first uh, Tresa After Dark, not Tresa After Dark After Dark. Uh, that it, it was fitting that Yvette was the host because it was Yvette who had recommended Zig and I to Paulo Ferrer. Uh, to write uh, a project for, well, it was like a joint project between an ad agency and um, a TV production five. house, TB5. Uh, and then that's where we met Tanya. Mm. So yeah. uh, I guess she I liked think- us enough. We just cleared that bar. We just cleared that bar. Like barely clearing the bar. And it's like, well, I guess we can use these two. Tanya. <laughs> Si no, actually, starting with budget and saying, I found these two writers, he'll do it for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. They work. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's super, like, uh, yeah, you know, it wasn't aired, uh, but like, with the story of how, like, Zig and I were fully prepared to say no to Tanya. Because we did, like, she, like, messaged us. and This is after like, working on the series. Yeah, like, this, we, is, this is, like, yeah. a few years later. Maybe five years later. Yeah, but I kept like in touch with them. Two three years after we, yeah. we, we, we did, like, and we'd see each other when we go out or sometimes right. we have drinks sometimes. And then she messages me and Zig. And it's like, hey, guys, I got this project for you. Can I, like, can I take you guys out to dinner? And then, like, I'll, I'll pitch it to you. And then I immediately texted Zig. It's like, Zig, Tanya wants to get us for this project. I think it's a reality show, man. Yeah, we, <laughs> we were 100% sure it was a reality yeah, For show. some reason, like, we thought, like, man, we got to say no to this. Like, how yeah, are we, we were convinced. Like, what else would it be? What else would yeah. it be? What else would it be? Like, <laughs> this is only a reality show. We don't want to get stuck, like, running around somewhere. Like, we're through with that. Like we gotta let Tanya down easy when we meet, when we meet her. So I didn't know this. I come to this like dinner in Publisher, and I'm like, okay, I'm excited because finally it's like I just need to iron things out and I have to tell them what it's going to be. And then I don't know that their faces pala are ready to tell me no in the kindest possible way. But then I said, okay, guys, I, you can't talk to anyone about it. But I just have to iron a few things out. But I want you guys on board to be the writers. And and I said it's like three words and they're like what and i think they expected you know reality show <laughs> like what's the three words yeah cooking I said, reality show <laughs> correct i said yeah, yeah. i said netflix anime trese and then i looked at them and i was expecting to see like oh my god this is so exciting and they're like huh because <laughs> they weren't expecting that and i was like wow i wish you were more excited because i'm super excited <laughs> and and i don't think anyone expects to get that news <laughs> like it was like such enormous news for us like then they explain, they're like no no let us process it because this is what we were thinking you were going to ask us i'm like when have i done a reality show guys when <laughs> i don't know okay you wait so some do- broad houses that do 
But I like I don't think we answered Mel's question. Like I don't know what uh, Tanya saw in me. To get us back, we just we just told you the story of how we got there. But like why? That's only for Tanya. To for the record, can you tell us the name of that show? Because until now, I don't know how to pronounce the name of it. I do. Your first. Show. Yeah, take it away, Ramon. Go. It's Jasmine. Yes, that's how you do it. Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest we didn't think of that but when people started saying that I'm like oh that's genius let's just let them think that that's yeah, maybe like, possibly yeah. how to pronounce we it of the show <laughs> that's why two different colors yung font diba correct oh. <laughs> it makes sense diba? actually if you didn't yeah. know about it parang okay tama may ano naman yun eh. diba? it's, it's time for a reboot Tanya think about it let's oh. anime just mine or kahit sequel yung just yours ganun. just mine just yours okay so it's safe to assume that both of the writers no, Zig and Mick were familiar already with the Tressa comics is that correct? yes yeah okay so, so let's break let's get into the the grit and the nit diba, of how you guys uh, went about breaking down the comics and then did you like Tanya did you know for example that it was going to be uh, you know, you're going to have a budget for six episodes. So how did you decide which stories would get adapted, if they would be two episodes to each arc, etc.? Um, that was something I pre-discussed with Jay, but he also had like his own ideas coming over. So we had a story summit in Manila, like shortly after See What's Next. Um, and Mick and Zig were also joining it. So part of that was kind of working out with Jay um, what... What we wanted to see, I know that, you know, since it's the first time coming to the screen from the books, you wanted to have, you kind you wanted the spirit, like, and, and Jay agreed, like, you want the spirit of the books, but it was just a matter of like, okay, how are you, you can't stick closely exactly to it and you can't, um, you can't go too far. So what's right. the what's the game plan? So when Jay pitched out this idea in terms of merging and I guess we're assuming people on Enslate are like, or do we have to warn them, like, either spoilers, have you read the books, skip or, or skip okay, to, well, like, later. Spoiler, spoiler territory now, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, because okay. at least spoiler for the books. We won't spoil the series, but at least for the books. There's a backstory. Well, then you can <laughs> There's a backstory for Alexandra, like the origin story, which side cuento, this is something, you know, budget I talk about is like when I first read the books, I didn't look at the numbers on the spine. So I actually started and I read book three first. So I wrote just the origin story, which I was like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. And then it just helped me explain, like, you know, help me read like one and two. But when I told budget, I'm like, yeah, I really like that origin story. He's like, what? You read three first? I go, what? That was three? <laughs> so he's like, ah, look at the spine. There's the number. So it's a it's a mix of that. And Jade Pitch, OK, it's a mix of that and, and coming to that arc where you see kind of Alexandra having to deal with like this, you know, villain like coming out um, and then and then sort of using the cases to kind of use that as breadcrumbs to get to that thing. So you feel like it's disconnected, but then there, you know, it, it kind of, it meets up and it comes together at the end. So that was fleshing out in the 10 days we had our story summit. So that was part of that job. And then, you know, by the end of it, we're like, okay, we can use these cases. We think, you know, it's a good intro to the world. It's a good showcase of like, you know, a taste of the supernatural that is in there. 
Um, but then you also want to balance it where, you know, you, I mean, it, it goes at a fast pace, but you kind of want to at least give, give some breathing room because you need the space for like Alexandra's emotional arc and then the getting to meet the people around her who are her family. So all of that is just to answer your question. We balanced it out in the story summit, but we kept refining it through the writing process right. afterwards. Interesting after dark, but there are these behind the scenes footage of, I think the writer, the writing summit that you were, the story summit that you're talking about where, mm. where Zig's always in a sweater because he's cold, but Mick's always in a tight fitting shirt. And then <laughs> one of the, I, it feels like a traditional sort of writer's room, but where the, the staff are together and then you break down the season and then you chose which writer would tackle each independent episode. Is that correct? Mm, yes, that's yeah, correct. Pretty much. Uh, it's also actually what we did uh, on Jasmine. So... Mm. <laughs> uh, with this that, one, yeah. this one we, I, I really wanted because Jay and Jojo grew up in the States, no? And actually Jojo, though, studied at USD for a little bit. So he's kind of lived in Manila for a, for a you know a section, but they're mostly grew up, in, grew up in the States. And I said, for them to really understand, you know, the way we want to present Manila. And I, and I told them, it's important that you guys understand, like, because this is Manila kind of now, even though it's in noir setting and in, it's a, in a way a fictional version of Manila, getting across the atmosphere also means getting to know the city, how it is now, not your tourist spots, mm-hmm. not yeah. your postcard places, but, you know, different places. So I, I, you know, thought about like where to take them. Like, I think a walking tour of Capo is great because then you have the old houses and then you have the mansion, you know, like the creepy Gothic mansion, the Japanese one in the back yeah. where that whole place was like, used to be actually the whole estate with the garden. So there's still remnants of that. So walking through that, and then there's the mosque area there, plus Capo Church with all the anting anting. So you get that, plus you get even stuff at National Museum. And if you grew up in Manila, you take for granted the dioramas, like at Ayala Museum. We took Mm -hmm. them there and they were blown away (laughs) because it's not in their experience to see history that way. But for me, why I took them there also was like, I wanted to show them the pre-colonial gold exhibit um, because that is something that a lot of people also don't know. And for them, they it was like they were blown. And because they're artists, I wanted to show them, look at the intricacy of like this belt made like before the Spaniards came. Like nobody's making this like that. So all those textures find their way, even though you can't animate it so in, in you know intricately, that that explains Datu Talagbusao's kind of get up in that focus or and they had yeah. seen like fabric and, you know, patterns and different things. And that also informs kind of, you know, how they're seeing things come together. So I was just like, OK, let's just gather all this stuff. The artists will figure out in their brain, like process it and figure out, OK, what's but at least it comes from a place that's that's like an authentic, like off the beaten path tour. Right. Okay. So that's the addition to our story summit where it's it is a right assume where you're breaking down the six episodes and, you know, making Zig are fast. That's why, you know, that's in seriousness. That's also one of the reasons, like, I wanted them on board because I knew they could keep up. It was going to be something where references were going to come at a fast pace. And, I, you know, aside from being great writers, Mick and Zig have a really you know, they can pull deep and they can pull wide from a, a variety of references. And that was wow. really helpful also with Jay. Is that so? Make and shake. <laughs> make, I don't know. I don't, make, make is fast. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, everyone. Just to add to your, 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 your question, though, because uh, I personally credit 
I mean, he's our showrunner. So, like, uh, Jay really had a very strong, broad idea of the arc of the show. Like, yeah. he, he really spent the time on the airplane to, like, read all the comics. Like, and he was really, because he, the, uh, one of the things that you notice about the comics is that they're very disparate chapters. Yeah. But, you know, making it into a series, one of the challenges is, like, what are we leading the audience up to? So that doesn't exist until, really, book three. But there are very iconic stories in earlier books. So Jay really came in with, okay, we can use this case, this case, this case. Maybe tie it up. He wasn't like, he thinks a really big strokes, yeah. visual. Like he knew, um, like we should start with Paleta Drive. But it was like during the recce or the ocular that he realized, you know what, we should open with the MRT. Because it feels real in these states. Yeah. So that's like fleshing it out. So him having that that broad sort of really guide. Yeah, uh, he he did his homework. Like yeah. Zig and I like almost cried because it's like oh, well, there's all these notes that we can work with, and it's not just like a thing. Like <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, it's, it's, like four, they need to be here. Like go, go figure that out. It's like yeah. oh, like Jay really had like you know being an animator. Yeah, like, very very broad. Very broad, yeah. but at least it had like a, a semblance of direction that we fleshed out together. And a lot of it, what I really appreciate about Jay, like he gives a fuck, no fucks about about like um like all the the trade things that kind of remove the spirit of it. Like oh, mm-hmm. we don't need that. Let's let's go for let's go for it because he's worked on stuff like DC, right? Yeah, like he's these Goliath, yeah. like yeah. these deities of comics. He knows like what we should stay true to, what fans are looking for, the kind of hate we'll get if we go in this direction, but the kind <laughs> that's needed to like get more buzz going. So it was really like we should swing for the fences if this is the only season we're gonna get. Yeah. Like we should show fans something new. We have to deviate or else we're just doing the comics again. And yeah. it was very clear to him from day zero. It's and very, very, yeah. very refreshing for like a writer to have to like give that to be given sort of that free reign in terms of like um, adapting these stories from your showrunner, from your director, like because uh, normally you're you're so especially for a really beloved property, your first instinct is to like stay true to a lot mm-hmm. of things. But then Jay sort of that like kicked down the doors, like no guys go nuts, like here's what I want: <laughs> the the Kambal will have Gatling guns. You know what, guys? What if? <laughs> The Kambal, like, just suddenly break out these Gatling guns and then they start shooting. Look at the budget, like... man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we were like... <laughs> you, you actually saw it for the first time, right? Just yeah, a few yeah, yeah, no. So you yeah, had no... Night. You had no, like, uh, walang mga... Uh, oh, here, check out our dailies or check out the, the first... No, so... no. Ta- Tanya runs a tight <laughs> ship. <laughs> and, and I could only read the scripts in her house. Yep. And then I could not I could not take home the script. It's like, can I bring this home? And she said, no. I'm like, <laughs> sorry. Said, no, give me back the script, you know. <laughs> um, but it was like that, waiting, it was like waiting for someone to grade your papers, like waiting for budget to read it. It was like, oh my god, he's gonna hate it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, passive aggressive was the feedback, but <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, I mean, it's a, what do you call this? As you know, Tanya said, all right, they're already doing this, they're already storyboarding this. So it's like, even if I said anything, <laughs> yeah. it, nothing would change. Like, so like, I'm sitting there and Tanya's like on the other end of the living room and I go, ha! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
You don't know how my heart was like thumping so hard. I'm just like, oh my God, what does that mean? Does he hate it? Um, I mean, but uh, going back to what Mick was saying about, it is interesting how they um, showed so many things that either, that we haven't shown in the comic book. And it's either A, because we never thought of, how do they do that? It's like, mm-hmm. like the Kambal masks coming on. Where did the guns come from? It's like, as far as I'm concerned, it's there. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, because they do that same trick in book three, right? Suddenly they've got uh, sniper rifle, uh, sniper rifles, and that's how they take out uh, uh, the bagyon. But yeah, so in this case, it's interesting to see them put more logic or put like a system to how do these things come out. And it was great to hear Jay talk about how the Talagbu- they figured out that Talagbusao can summon any weapon. So from ancient times, and then they, they just flipped it for for the kambal. So that was that was great to see. And and oh yeah, that moment where uh, they they use the gatling guns to essentially create the gate, right, or the sigil. Mm-hmm. That was that was a scene I had described to Pajo in the book, but it didn't clearly come out in the the way it was drawn. Right, you just see a halo bullets. And you turn the page and the, the sigil was there. So I love that. So, the, you know, in, in a way, it became the director's cut of the comic book. But they now get to show all of these things that's so that, awesome. we never, that we never got to see in the book. And, that's, and that goes the same with the emotional art of Trece, which is something that maybe I've been avoiding for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> but they were able to, you know, that was a topic that they just embraced. And it was great to see. Uh, you know, Trece in, in a more vulnerable stage and uh, early in her childhood. Well, how, how how upset were you when you found out that you and Kajo had been murdered by electricity? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, yeah, Tanya asked permission for that. Uh, I did say, I, I came up with a wish list. I came up with a wish list for Tanya and that was part of my wish list. Uh, aside from like Up Dharma Down being part of uh, the soundtrack, I said, can me and Kajo have a cameo appearance? Can we be, I would be happy to be a zombie. You know, I would just, I just want to be the one that goes, ah, you know, but we, she, she, she canceled my audition for zombie, <laughs> zombie number five. So yes, it, it was nice to, uh, th- that was the first batch of spoilers that were coming out on the first day. People were like just, Posting, hey, you're dead. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't seen it yet. Oh no. But he How gave it, it a cameo. <laughs> How did it feel watching it for the first time though? Like must be surreal though. No? Yeah, it was uh, so we watched it with uh, the other Pinoys here in Denmark oh. last night. So yeah, it was great to to you know that uh, um, that to to hear everyone laugh in all of the right places. To have the, uh, uh, you know, che- I, I, I'll say cheesy, cheesy as it was, the, the whole jump scares that happened in the the zombie attack in the precinct, you know, you yeah. would have everyone going, ah, it's like, you know, with the zombies <laughs> are still alive. So to have them, to, have, to hear everyone, you know, laugh and scream in all the right places was great. Um, and then there'd be moments like I was going, Oh, so that's how they did it. Or, or, or I love the Tansan. I love, I love the Tansan spell. I, I now, you know, it's, it's like, it's great that they found a way to take the Yay. magic system that we developed so in Trece. And then, and then they came up with a new way of doing it. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I have to use that now in the book. 
or like uh-huh. that is the, the whole basis of Trece, right? She uses whatever ingredients or materials she can find. So like MacGyver. So see, yes, <laughs> yes, she's a magical MacGyver. Kind of. Right? <laughs> uh, or like you know, again, you know, highly inspired by Constantine, you know, blue collar magician, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there, so so yeah, it, it's it was, you know, it it was amazing to see. Okay, they get it, you know, that they did uh, understand the world enough to to start playing around with it and and doing stuff that we didn't think of. What's your favorite episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You can't, you can't answer it now. <laughs> No, 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 you have, you have we'll to ask your... We'll be right answer. back after the next question. Let's do this plug from when I'm playing a podcast. You have to answer it now. It, no, no, you have to ask it the right way. You have to ask it the, nice, the, the right way. What episode did you fall in love with? <laughs> good job, good job, good job. Yeah. Good job. Wait, wait. by my own card. <laughs> 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 um, Actually, after that question, address after dark, you know the Korean drama trope, freeze frame, the theme song. I was soft focusing, I was counting zoom in. My freeze frame, my sparkles. So my pass is UDD. Please someone do that. I were distracting from the main question, which is <laughs> Yeah. I think the um, it had to be the the Chanak story. That's mine yeah. too. That was my really? favorite. Yeah. Uh, I think the Chanak story yeah. was was a, a a solid one. Um and also how it was, you know, that it was the same ingredients from the stories, but again, you know, given that that twist. And yes, to see Hank in that light, I, I also <laughs> love that it, almost each character got a, a spotlight episode, right? Um, so, so I think story. I mean, in terms of of, of story wise, drama wise, I think the 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 the, the, the <laughs> What do you call this? Yeah, the Chanak story was was uh, a favorite, and also you know collectively in the in the room last night, that was like uh, a, a strong one. And then followed by the the presinto, the presinto story. I think that got a lot of good scares from from us yesterday. Uh, and again, when I read that script, uh, when I read it in script form, you know that was. That was a great, a great Guerrero moment for me. Uh, especially, I love that scene in in the jail where he just starts giving the names. Yeah, uh, that's a great scene. So, and and we watched the English version. So the guy, the uh, Lazaro, uh, the the one, the, the criminal, was also voiced by a, a pretty good, you know, voice actor. Um. So yeah, and and uh, and then yeah. Uh, and after that, I guess it would be like it was just great. I loved how uh, the the Maliksi and the Bagyon uh, episode was just woven into each other, and I completely forgot it was about fathers and sons. So I it it it, it was like oh, I wrote that right. <laughs> <laughs> you did, was it you before did. you were a dad? Yes, you did. 
this yeah this is before this is before Seraph was born but oh. but but it was interesting that they caught that because in the book yeah that was like on two separate two cases separate, yeah so, but but it it just uh, uh, and, and again because you know me and Kajo we, we make this up as we go along, <laughs> and it was really more of like what did you say in the last one? Okay, that's here's here's the next story, um, and hence the reason why Tres's mom now has two names because I completely <laughs> forgot that her name is Miranda. And in the next book, she became Melinda. Yes. And then, the, and then the, the, one of the readers went, Ano po ang pangalan talaga ng Tara? And Slate exclusive. And then she, she screenshots both and said, Oh, well, now her name is Miranda Melinda. And everyone <laughs> And everyone calls her M.M. M.M. <laughs> no, it's uh, super Pinoy, though, M.M. That's true. Yeah, no, yeah, see, see, Nova doesn't, doesn't kill the, the Chana. No. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in yeah, the, yeah. yeah, so, so that's, that's really interesting, Ed, how, how you kind of like got basically the, the first seven or eight um, issues, uh, including the, the Anton Trece origin story, um, and kind of like, uh, you know, just kind of basically made them a, a recurring threads throughout the, um, throughout the, the season, no? How, what, what made you guys decide to do that? The, 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 the yeah, black and white flashbacks? The, yeah, and basically to meld all of these, the different tales into, into the episodes, as opposed to saying, like, like you know, crime of the week, mm. uh, which, which the comic was more of, diba? parang procedural talaga yung ano. Ito parang, there, there really was a through line. A big challenge was the fact that it was only six episodes. Like, yeah. major, major yeah. hurdle talaga siya. I mean, I mean, we're, we're going to be the first to say that this is a super dense show. Dense. It is. Super dense siya. Uh, and Jay kept on hitting himself, basically, during the story summit. Why did I ask for eight episodes? <laughs> wait, wait, time out. He had the power to ask for more episodes? No, this is... No, no, no. What, what it was oh. is more like... this is Because it was a risk also for Netflix. Yeah. So there okay. is like... Six was the sweet spot. Yeah, it was a sweet spot. Like Jay saying, "Why we ask for eight Was kind of like we would have to push it. Like we yeah, push yeah, it. Yeah, but this yeah. is like the first time. Yeah. So yeah. at the end of the day, that's what we had to kind of make Worth do. Right, and yeah. Just to I mean, add to like mix uh, Zig's sort of answer is that it's that plus in the six episodes you have, you don't want it to be standalones because fine, there's not enough time to kind of just have that be monster of the, of the week. week. Yeah. yeah. It's it's more satisfying to go towards an end. Right. But obviously, we still filled it up more. <laughs> but yeah, with density. Like, with, with like, it just became, it's like it expands in like a vacuum. Yeah. So, you know. People forget yeah. actually that the first season of Castlevania was only four episodes. Exactly. Then, yeah. the yeah, yeah. then they like gave, uh, uh, it's around enough. 10 episodes yeah. in per yeah. season. Yeah, but that, that that's interesting because of because exactly to your point about Castlevania, no? Parang people forget it's only four, but it's actually a much smaller story. It's like yeah. it, it's it's it just it's a really 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 good setup. But Jay was very clear, like no one knows our no one knows our our franchise. I mean, not not a bigger audience like Castlevania. And if this is the only thing the fans are gonna see, let's like let's go yeah. let's swing for the fences here. So it was actually his idea to kind of create a seventh episode. And I only remember this while watching the show. Like, I remember his pitch, like, let's start with, like, these black and white snippets that will lead up to something bigger. But if you combine the first 
like the prologue, the prologue, yeah. yeah. It turned That's into seven. a seventh episode. Like you can cut them together, they turn into and Slate yeah. exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I, I, I completely like, why didn't why didn't why didn't Jay make a cut? Maybe completely forgot about that. But yeah, that was his yeah, intention, yeah. like to, to kind of squeeze in a seventh episode by doing Wala, that. Fan cut, not a fan cut. No, the seven cold opens were also a tribute to the comics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jay, Jay made that really clear. It's like uh, all the cold opens will be black and white because we want to shout out to what Kajo and Budge did. Uh, Which was actually ended up only being four episodes that had like the black and white yeah. opens. But, yeah. you know. Uh, I did want to uh, ask why. just said, you know, uh, release the Oliva cut in the <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, fans. Oh, no, diba? no, I wanted to ask Mick now why in the, like, um, no, it was Tanya's episode. The first episode, the flashback to Tressa and her mom was colored, and then the rest of the flashbacks were black and white, but yeah. I guess that's the reason why. Not. Yeah, they because structurally, parang it, not to distract from, you know, what we had for the next, Jay said everything, like, in color na lang for the first step, because it's kind of... It's it's ah the flashback is from her POV basically in terms of that and he just wanted to make the first episode really our setup mm. which I said yeah that's a, I mean it's his first episode setup so which was a lot to cover um, and then give something surprising for for episode two but you're not okay it's going to be the same so then episode two is like okay now we start the black and whites and just as you're getting used to that with episode five big long there's the transition to episode six which just doesn't have the black and white mm-hmm. so you want to keep things moving in an interesting way in parang the audience are like what what's happening right so you're not just like ah, okay i know the number i know this so that's mm-hmm. that's also part of the reason to stylistically do it that way right well, I wanted to go back now about uh, when you had broken down the season into six episodes. How did you, well, A, were you all writing at the same time? And B, how did you decide who would have which episode? Because it feels obvious that Mick would like stab someone to get the zombie episode and <laughs> ocean on climax. We kind of offered it to him in a silver plate because who should write the zombie episode, right? <laughs> it's like, like, he didn't have it. Like, yeah, Mick, you get, you get this. So it's like yeah. that kind of dovetailed to five because like yeah. if you're doing four and then he's doing five. Then because it was like a five. unit. Uh, it, it, in essence, five acted like a, like if you didn't know it was six episodes, you would think five would be the end. So I needed yeah. to like dovetail four mm-hmm. and five. But to like demanding me the zombie, like it was a mix of both. Like, in, everyone was very they, nice. No, everyone was very nice. No, do you yeah, want yeah. it? No, do you want yeah, no, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, I was going to say yes. But like, so in my mind, it's like, yay, the zombie episode. And then there was this creeping realization like, oh no. This is the most topical episode in the entire <laughs> series. Holy crap! <laughs> do I really want to do this? But I did anyway. Like I, like I, but I, 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 I really deferred a lot to like that. Guys, am I doing this right? So, to like to Budge's point about the the whole name thing in the in that scene. Like it took me a while to get like uh, how Guerrero would convince Raul to like. Give him up because, like, who, like, who would, right? It's like you're not gonna trust the, the this corrupt system the anymore. Po-po. So, it, so it really, yeah. Fuck the popo. The popo. So there. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, uh, like, I'm, I'm super grateful for the guys to like give me the zombie up, and it was the it was the episode 
that also had the the most freedom in terms of density because mm-hmm. like the first three episodes are really world building and like you set up so by the fourth you sort of switch POVs to Guerrero who has no baggage and it's like so it's, it's it was a uh, I mean it was light in terms of uh, plot moving forward but like uh, it's like it's emotionally heavy emotionally yeah. heavy uh, first off and then I, I just want to like get this out now um, the line where uh, Basilio says like um if this day gets any hotter, I'm gonna have to hit on it. Is not mine. I think the Tagalog one is you, though. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not. no, it's a six, mas it's six line. Like it's. Uh, Tagalog I don't know where we were, but I was with Zig one day. This was like way before I, like maybe eight, ten years ago, and Zig goes like, "Man, if this day gets any hotter, I'm gonna have to hit on it." And I'm like, "I am going to use this line one day." <laughs> no, the other line that also the only the other line that also made it to four, which was like some because the three of us yeah, would get yeah. together to answer your other question. Like the three of us would write at the same time, then we'd meet. And then we'd read each other's stuff and then we'd give each other's notes before we kind of before I sent it to Jay and then before we sent it to Netflix. So we really helped each other out. But like I remember like we're either doing notes, giving it, and then was it you? I think it was Mick. He's like, and I was like looking at the notes I was reading. He's like, all right, bring it in for Team Chris. I'm like, we're not calling ourselves that. And then the next thing I know, he's like, it's there. All the Tambal dialogue is just basically us just talking in the writer's room. Yeah. That's basically what happens. They're the, they're the most fun to write, obviously, but like. <laughs> so you wrote it in English, and did you also write the Tragalog translation? No, we had no, Rudolph, yeah. Bal- no. yeah, Rudolph Baldonado, who is also the, the director for the voice um, for mm. the Filipino dub, Filipino language dub. And this is what he does. Like he's the only one accredited by Disney. So when I, we went to search for him, I'm like, okay, I want to. I, I met with him, and I really loved it because he's such a nerd about language. So I'm like, yes, that's exactly what we need for this. And so we had talked about the systems where it's not just a straight up translation, but also how the people were going to talk, like, are you using Capitan or are you using Captain? Like, you know, what, how, how slang do you want it? And, and when we had talked about it, I said, we want this to kind of stand the test of time. So let's just go, don't mix it so much because really you don't want that mix of Filipino and English in such a way, like we have an English language version. Let's, let's keep it classic, kumbaga. keep it to Filipino, but then do stuff like Captain instead of Capitan. So that gives you that balance of, contemporary mm. but still kind of doing it with the language and and Rudolph like he pulls in from deep like karetan like he's like karetan means like an, an it's not hell it's like a nether world it's like an alternate oh. you know that's where the supernatural come from it's karetan so he's like that's what I love it's like language language nerd from one language word nerd to another one it's just like this is so great so, yeah, I mean, kilig, no? Actually, because the default in the Philippines is ano, Tagalog. Yeah, Filipino. Yeah. So, well, Casas watched the whole thing because, you know, he didn't, he didn't switch. I like switching it up. I actually watch episodes sometimes full English and then full Filipino. Wow, okay. It's like, it's like new ones. Great in both. Because I had to watch all the in English and then, and, and you know, the you start first with like the American cast, which... For a show like this, you want the mileage 
mm-hmm. to not just be, you know, in the Philippines, but to go beyond. So that's also why there's that choice for casting in terms of, okay, who can get you the mileage to go beyond? And luckily, there's a lot of Filipino-Americans that give you that mileage that we could pull from. And voice actors also who are really very, very good that are Filipino-American or Filipino-Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, like Eric Bauza, who is the voice for Bugs Bunny. Like he grew up oh. in Canada, but he's like, his ear is so good. His Robert, like we were doing the session and I was doing it remotely because I was in Manila at the time. His, like you close your eyes, he does his Robert Downey Jr. And it's so good. <laughs> you think you're listening to like RDJ, <laughs> like talking to you. It's hilarious and fantastic at the same time. <laughs> Looking at the IMDb, like, yeah. like so, I was like, oh my god, it's everybody we're proud of. Nicole Scherzinger, <laughs> Mal Jacinto, <laughs> they're all there. It's Leia na lang. <laughs> <laughs> There's a role. There's a role. Well, yeah. Well, well. Exclusive. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. We'll see. <laughs> but it's such a different beast to translate. That's why we didn't want to touch it then. It was like parang making sure to get get it right for like the, the short six episodes you have to make sure every line counts. And then suddenly you're going to have to translate it. Parang it's like, whoa, yeah. okay. <laughs> no, and we, we couldn't have because actually you have to do it for the dub. So they already mm-hmm. animated it for the English. So we couldn't have translated it. It needed to be Rudolph because the skill set is you don't just do yeah, the yeah. language, you do for you the mouth flap. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's a completely different. So it's it, a whole different it's piece. It's so difficult. Like, and we couldn't have done it at hard. all. Yeah. 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 He's the unsung hero of this writing yeah. team, actually. Yeah. What about the Japanese yeah. dub? What, what, who, they, that's that. We don't... So it's because, you know, we're in the Philippines. This is the first time Netflix is intentionally did like a Filipino dub for, you know, usually like if they're licensing something, it's either already in Filipino and then they're going to do the English and maybe an English dub if they do that for certain territories. But this is the first time where it was the originals in English, but Netflix is like, we're intentionally for the first time doing a Filipino language dub. Filipino guys, not Tagalog. Tagalog is the dialect. Filipino is the language. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. True that. True that. Um, how about the the, the Alexandra voice? Because uh, and, mm. and but you can also talk about this. Na parang si addresses uh, uh, a woman a few words. I guess in the comic, and I guess you also had to um, add a lot of dialogue for for the character for for the show. Like, how did you? How, what was your philosophy behind creating? Alexandra's uh, voice and, and personality and kind of like um, uh, matching it with with budgets, um, more quiet uh, version. I was telling Zig, it's so great to have like uh, a woman re- lead the writer's room because since the show is main character is a woman and uh, what Tanya was saying during the story summit was that you want that sort of vulnerability for Alex to come through through the series because uh that's how you're gonna you know it, it's that's how you're gonna be endeared to her like yes it, it's cool that she's a badass but you want that sort of softer side mm-hmm. and like how she deals with uh the stuff and if you notice there's a lot of scenes with alex back at her house and she's just dealing whether it's a sounding board off the hank or just uh you know the the breakfast with with the wind elementals and the, uh, no, it's those are those are the stuff uh i think uh 
are there because of Tanya's directive to make Tressa a more sort of emotional character um, as opposed to the more stoic, quiet version we got in the comics. And uh, I think that's where we drew also our dialogue from. Uh, yep. And we also sort of wanted her not to be overpowered. So um, there's that, that element of frustration when she doesn't get things. Like she doesn't always succeed because you don't want like a Mary Sue. Basically, you want someone who's going to fail and like learn from their mistakes and someone to express those frustrations uh, across the entire series. Uh, I, I remember very distinctly one of the boards we had was like tracking Tressa's emotional state per episode. Like mm. one, like she comes in and she was super confident. Two kind of shakes her up. But three is really the one that gets her mm. where she like sort of loses faith in humanity because it's like it's Nova who's the villain essentially that's why in four she's ready to shoot raul because like she's she's come off of this this thing where it's like i need to get i need to get shit done because like things are falling apart I need to get shit done i'm just gonna shoot this dude and then five is where where sort of uh you know uh you get why everything when we showed a flashback of the ritual and the, the batman moment where she puts on the the coat and everything and like it's the final fight and you get a victory and then like sing fucks us all over with the, <laughs> with the ending with that massive freaking <laughs> ending jay <laughs> why <laughs> no but to 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 um counter to what budget says i the he, I mean, he was jokingly saying kanina that parang di na pinag-isipan yung emotion. That maybe he wasn't doing it deliberately, but to us in the writer's room, it was very clear what the emotion was. Yeah. Like, it was like, no debate. It's about family. And it's a very Filipino thing. And like, it was such an easy draw um, you know, coming from that state, diba? That's why it's interesting na, that like one of the things that Jay wanted was to show the brothers or to show the, the characters, that I personally found such a bothersome thing because we never explore them. But parang given the theme, when you look at it as a whole, the fans will get that, yeah, that's that's family, you know, that's the yeah. brothers standing Found with family, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's like, that's why I guess we all kind of didn't answer a god because it felt natural. I mean, yeah. given that Tanya was in the room to help guide us. And then uh, the emotional core was very clear, at least in the comics. That was easy to, easy to mine. Then, yeah, uh, they just kind of came together. Just reflecting on what you were saying and, and what happened in the show, uh, I think what the show does is then you now have the opportunity to see Alexandra react to such things, react in a... And have those those quiet moments, or just have that you know that whether it's it's just a a, rea- a facial reaction, which of course you don't capture in in the comic book. I mean, in the comic book, especially in like the first uh, couple of stories. I mean, she's like you know proto Sherlock Holmes. You know, in the original Sherlock Holmes story, you had no idea what his backstory was. He was just there. He needed to solve the case and. He, you know, he he solved it, right? In the BBC version, that's where they started to put the nuance of the what is, you know, what is okay. the emotional struggle of of of, of Sherlock Holmes. Um, so, so I guess in the book, it came out more when she said stuff, and I think that's what you guys eventually picked up on those little 
though <laughs> I realized she said it too many times when I was rereading the book. She's like, I'm not like my father. I'm not like my father. She's like, we get it. We get it. Not like your father. We'll, and all us one, take a shot. And she says, I'm not like my father. And again, I told you she's like, ah. you know, like so, so. but she is a dresser. <laughs> So I I think that was also and and again the funny thing was when I when I was writing the first couple of stories I had no idea who her father was, <laughs> <laughs> but it was coming from a very Pinoy uh, um, you know feeling of um, of 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 kids getting compared to their parents, mm-hmm. right? Of of attending some kind of reunion and people will go oh you're 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 the son of blank yeah oh you know oh your dad was like you know oh your mom was so so you know it, it's you start to feel like should i live up to that should, right. you know it feels like should i start living up to expectations of people or or there you know these projections they have on me so i think that was also in a very uh and i don't know it i didn't know at the time where it was going it just i just wanted to say she's gonna do it her own way her family might have been doing it a certain way, but she's gonna do it her own way, and and I think we got to see it in full now in the in the anime scene. Oh, Sorry, Tanya, you were going to say no. Actually, that's exact exactly what you had said. It's like she's so cool in the books, and there are hints of like, which is why I never feel she's cold in the books because there are hints of where she's at emotionally, but they're just never spelled out. So the thing we took is like really going off of those hints and thinking about, okay, what's her situation? Cause where she is also is it's kind of, you know, the sadness of losing a parent in her case, both parents like that feeds into it. And, and aside from that, it's like, okay, she has this responsibility. Although in your first three books, like, because we never touch on the brothers, I was thought like, oh, she's pretty much an orphan with just Hank and like, and like the Kambal. But, you know, as you go into your, the rest of your mythology where the brothers are, I'm like, these are pabaya, they're just leaving her by herself. So then she's just like, I'm so mad. <laughs> so we just expound on that for just finding those moments and bringing that to the front, which will just, in for give us the audience a glimpse of who she is so that we can find ourselves in her because that's what you want to do is you want to be able to relate to that character and find that entry point for the audience to do so. So guys, um, now that Tress is out, what's the feeling? How are you guys reading actual audience reactions, um, reviews? That way is death, man. <laughs> There, yeah. there in lies. There lies. <laughs> but there's overwhelming positive response, and I just want to know how you guys are feeding off it, or did you expect this kind of reaction now that it's aired? I mean, I don't know if we expected it. Like, yeah. we hope people well, we st- like I, I st- it. We still don't believe it. Like, we were just yeah. chatting this morning. It's like, yes. can you believe this is still real, guys? I, I don't. No. Like, I'm Here's waiting it. for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> I, it's also because we're all isolated. We're in like in budgets in Denmark. We're all in yeah, our homes yeah. pretty much. It yeah. doesn't feel real. Like I only just went to see the billboards yesterday with a friend who very kindly said, "Oh, let's go see the one in Guadalupe." And I had not seen it, and I was just like, yeah. "Wow, it was so different." So 
premiering in like launching in the you know in in the lockdown in a pandemic like it's great because we're i'm glad people have something to watch but at the same time it's like i don't it's hard to process because again like the pandemic it's it's an experience we've all never had before so the scale of it i don't know like i'm not it's it's still too early to process or i don't even know how to process yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, for the messages that we get like the person like we, we, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we get personal messages like hey man i saw it it was really great yeah. and totally. like, those are the ones that really give us like uh, but I'm not gonna out, go out of my way to like look. For yeah, dude, that's that's dangerous, yeah, that's, man. That, that's uh, dangerous. Until until Netflix gives us the data, <laughs> we get that signed piece of paper. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's it's deadly to look at them. But budget, it's are wrong. you walking around Denmark and telling people I'm on Netflix? <laughs> or at least uh, the the Lego people are they? Uh... Yeah, yeah. Do they know? No, are they watching? No, I mean, they um uh, so oh, they no. know because they okay. they, they know because um we have uh, internally the other creatives of course run uh, uh, what do you call this you know sharing sessions of of like you know what what new creative thing did you see today and one of them invited me My to talk show. about prese wow that's so awesome. <laughs> so, uh, but no this was this was a couple of months ago so this was like or a year ago. So uh, and I was just telling them at the time that oh it will soon be on 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 Netflix, and then yesterday afternoon one of the Pinoys, for the first time used the very scary email address of at Lego Agency <gasps> and shot out an email to everyone. Oh around. my god! Oh no, that's wow. scary. Yes. Hey, Announcing <laughs> that oh uh, please watch budget uh, show he's you know his comic book got adapted into a Netflix That's show awesome and usually you, people hate getting that email right because they would you would be like reminder please take your COVID tests before you. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be like very dry very you know uh, but yeah so so it was great that uh, uh, Leia did that. Uh, and and of course, yeah, you know, got really nice feedback from from everyone, uh, you know, that they'd watch it. So and thankfully, there are Danish subtitles. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so, and Just then, for you, Butch. Most, yeah. <laughs> uh, and most of the most of the Danes also have you know all, uh, uh, German is their second language. Uh, so so they can do the German dub. Yeah, there's a German dub. So yeah, so that that's uh, so now but they know. I, but I don't want to watch the German dub. So real, no? Parundami language. The the great part, and because we don't really control the other dubs, but they kept like even in the Japanese, even in yeah. the German, solid yung tabi tabi po nila. Yeah, like, man, the, go, the spells girl. are legit. You go, in Japanese. Know, Mandirik Babailan Mandirikma, like and Japanese Anton Dressed Dresser guy. It's like yeah. it's so awesome. But I'm <laughs> I'm super surprised how Kwanbanwa Nuno has become like a meme. And, like, so much. Yeah, because it's like that's that was the first thing people heard of the Japanese dub when it like when we were dropping footage and it's like yeah. you know, for such an anime watching culture like ours, yeah. it's like yeah. here I, I think Kwanbanwa it really yeah. reson- resonated. How Mike slow Mike. were you know, your tears, Mick, when you were watching the Japanese dub? Uh, pretty slow, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah. my face was moist for the entire six eps. Mm-hmm. That's good. 
My Japanese friend who's a producer and she watched the English. She was alternating between the English and the Japanese. And actually she knew about this project. Like we were potentially working with her like early on, but she's like, oh, the Japanese like actress is kind of more mature and sexier. I'm like, really? I'm like, I can't tell. I think she sounds awesome. <laughs> what does that mean? Okay, I've seen that. I don't know what that means. No, it's 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 usually reserved for like a mature sexy woman. It's a well well. <laughs> it's the haughty rich woman in oh anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have we found out, Tanya? Is there a way of finding out who voices Tresa in Japanese? So, somebody because the credits are on, so somebody already revealed okay. it's like a certain yeah. actress who's really okay. good, apparently. It's at okay. the very end of the episode, the the other language yeah. casts. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. I, I must. Like, that's in case you forgot that there's also a scene at the very end of the last episode, Baja. There's a scene after six. the credits. Yeah. I I saw that in the script, and I yeah, was like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> but I've, uh, yeah. And, and if ever you get uh, Jay on this call, yeah, he he will talk about uh, future nice grand plans <laughs> about that. But it was great. That was great. Uh, um. That end scene was supposed to be a, it was originally written, it's like a guy basically. And then the next time I saw it, it's like, oh, when did it become like sexy vampire? <laughs> like, oh, it's sexy vampire. All right. Yes, Hello. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Leah. <laughs> <laughs> And Slade exclusive. It's like, oh, where did sexy vampire come from? I got it. Leia for longer. Oh, the only the only thing I am actually monitoring on social media is the thirst for all the characters. Yeah, dude, the, the youth today. Yeah, it's like they're like a lot of yeah. yeah but like Tanya blew my mind she's like hey have you heard this like the sexy Tapia thing going oh on? my god they love They're Tapia all over right sexy now Tapia. Yeah. 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 you know yeah. what it is and I, I told this it. to Jay I messaged him I was like you know it's the shot where he comes in in episode 4 like Guerrero thinks he's gonna die and then Tapia shows up with the gun and then uh, he has the smirk they freeze frame that and they love it so much. I mean like I, it comes out I'm like wow I would never have thought Tapia was going and to there's so the many guy. like so many tweets like oh like I'm gonna support Jesse and watch it for the I'm watching Jesse for the plot and then the plot it's a picture of the the combat the combat yeah. they're so hot guys seriously <laughs> Mick, Mick just said he doesn't monitor and now he's just talking about <laughs> all the memes no I don't he's that's like I said I'm just asking for a friend, no, but uh, how does one get hired to get on this show? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I. It, they're, they're starting to line up, Tanya. I'm oh, really? Messages from people going, "Can I be part of season two? <laughs> oh my God, crossing fingers for season two, of course. Yeah, exactly. but my ano, rakista card. <laughs> That's the secret connection. Yeah. I, 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 
like the first step is is getting more episodes in like a, a chunk load like an order from Netflix yeah. okay yeah. I want it uh, for my friend yeah <laughs> <laughs> so step one step one when, Actually, <laughs> when are we seeing more stories <laughs> pressure yeah <laughs> Where are you? that's what I want to know <laughs> these seasons need to come out man <laughs> yeah, we were uh, when we were chatting with Jay. It seems to be now a race on like who gets to release the next <laughs> story. Season two or book eight? Uh, oh. So you're like George R. R. Martin right now, but yeah. it. <laughs> about to take a while, break. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're if, if you check out our fest, our Facebook, our Facebook, <laughs> our fest. And, and now the partly we're delayed because we have been doing the ablaze edition, so that's one of the reasons why me and Kajo haven't been able to, aside from me being late writing the scripts, uh, but he does have that uh, script where Tresi goes to Jakarta. So it was funny that that you know uh, Tanya shows me the script where suddenly we have, you know, the which is the end credit scene in the show. And then, yeah, one of the the, the storylines I've been wanting to do with Teresa is to make her visit other countries. So it kind of like it's uh, on that same wavelength. But yeah, so in this case, we're serializing a story where Teresa goes to Jakarta and she gets to meet the supernatural underworld of Jakarta. Nice. In this story. And that's going to be one of the first uh, stories in book eight. Maybe she can visit Legoland next. <laughs> 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 I got a book. I got a book about a uh, uh, Scandinavian mythological creature. So yeah, let's see. You never Whoa. know. Why I not? think the story summit should be there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I already like planned with Budge because you know, she, she has to go to the Vatican because you know her brother might be there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We got to research that. <laughs> yeah. Correct. I'm a- correct. Yes. Correct. Wow. Day, Mel. Oh. <laughs> but before we before we guys we let you guys go, what are are there any tips for any creatives there or storytellers who want to are inspired by Tressa and the adaptation? And want uh, to write on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, the write on the show we covered, but yeah, I mean we always said that, you know. We're happy to be one of the first coming in here. We really don't want to be the last. So every creative out there that, you know, hopefully take some inspiration if you do from the show. Um, just know that the stories that you have that are specific, um, but then can, you know, connect with an audience, like those are important. You should keep working on that and find a way to get it out there. Because look at Budge and Kacho when they started out. They just did what they wanted to do. They worked really hard at it. And then it found an audience. And then we found a way to bring it to a bigger audience. So it took a while, but we got there in the end. So don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so I'll just wait. also add that um, <laughs> two of the people here wrote and directed one of my favorite Pinoy movies of the last 10 years, Patintero. <laughs> and that's still for free on, on YouTube. The YouTube, on YouTube. Channel. Yeah. So look it up. How about you, Zig? Um, do crazy shit. That's very. That's like. Yeah. I think yeah. Tanya kind of says it in a more eloquent way, but I yeah, think yeah. it's like. Be gay friends, guys. <laughs> yeah, Malik and I have like a saying, which is like, do crazy shit with other shit. people's money. People's money. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's 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 the dream, guys. Fire yeah, but 
someone who will let you do crazy shit with their. And, and part of it is doing stuff that you don't really want to do, but trying to give it your best. Friend. It's like yeah, like a know, reality show. Yeah, like a reality show. <laughs> no, honestly, right? <laughs> so, so, so yeah, yeah that's my. Like, if, like we were ready, like okay, Tanya presses, we'll do it. Like you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you weren't gonna say no. You were still. No, gonna we were gonna say hear yes. the pitch. We were gonna say you were gonna hear the pitch because it's like. Yeah, yeah. It's like it was a soft no, but like if you could, if you could convince us, Tanya, maybe we'll be. Okay. Yeah, because we were like we really don't like reality shows, but we really like Tanya. Like that's so. <laughs> like, yeah, she's pretty good. She's really good. So. Yeah. How about you, Mick? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> It's uh, Tanya and Sig already said it, and it's just like a shout out to the local industry, which is really thriving. I think uh, whatever you want for your project, I think you should keep doing it. Uh, like, there's so much new stuff coming out um, that doesn't have to be anime. I feel like, but like, uh, if you want your stuff to get published, I think you should like go pursue that because there's. A really uh, embarrassment of riches we have. Like uh, I know Tresses up on Pen Lab, but there, there's so much good stuff on Pen Lab that is yeah. beside Tresses. And uh, you have stuff like Ella Archangel, yes. which Mervin Malanza like animated himself. It's a one man team. Like it's super great. And then it was so sweet that the the. The Ella Archangel page tweeted out, it's like, oh, congrats at the Tresset. And it was her watching like the Tresset thing on a phone. And then yeah, there were, yeah. it is super like for all of those people on Pen Lab, on like you're doing your own comics, like from our our, our friends like Tarantalam Kalbo and like Rob Cham and like all the local artists. Um, just do keep doing what you're doing because there are people reading your stories. And I uh, like you're not gonna get that support. Uh it like said to your face, but it's there. Like, just be aware that it's there, even though people don't reach out and people are reading your stuff. So keep at it. I'm so disappointed, Mick. <laughs> this was your this was your chance to say watch Southland Tales. Be sincere. Well, no, budget no, that is is constant like torture. <laughs> to Tales me is a great movie. Plug <laughs> Southland Tales any chance he gets. <laughs> I think I think I wasted I think I wasted all my energy with that. Long ass setup on that Twitter thread. I think that was that long game really drained me. <laughs> Until you just dropped that. Yeah. Um, but I think what the missing step is, I mean, uh, it, uh, most definitely, uh, I mean, as far as writers, creators, artists is concerned, you know, uh, uh, do crazy shit with other people. So do crazy shit first. <laughs> if you do it with other people's you. money, is great. <laughs> But what I think is missing is 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 Tanya's side of things. I mean, that's um, because I saw, where was that? I think in one of the Facebook threads. No, no, it was in in the Netflix uh, in the in the Netflix post about Trese. Somebody pitched somebody pitched this concept on the thread. Really? And he said like, "Hi Netflix, ito po yung aking kwento." <laughs> and, uh, Man, you know, oh, shoot wow. your shot, King. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I think that's the missing Little. part, right? It's like, you know, uh, crazy shit will get you noticed um, is the first part. But there needs to be somebody who then takes it, you know, sees it through or shepherds it for that matter. Um, and I think that's what 
the industry or the scene as a whole needs uh, help with, right? And to have uh, somebody like Tanya and Shanti that knows how to respect the source material and, and, um, and know that, yeah, this is, this is what the story is. This is why it's great. You know, then let's keep the main ingredients as much as possible and not start to like, you know, put stuff in it, uh, you know, to, to mess it around. And, and I think maybe that's what, um, yeah, you know, as far as local industry is concerned, you know, how do they spot the stories they want to adapt and what is the best way to, to, to make it travel? Um, that's the, that's the skill set that I feel is currently missing. Uh, I mean, when, and sorry, last bit is that I started to get more questions from people saying, oh, I've been approached by a producer who wants to do something with my comic. What do I do next? So, so I think that's also, uh, now that you've got your crazy shit done, somebody needs to guide all of these creative people on like how to best protect their story and how to best get it uh, adapted in, uh, in the best way possible. Thank you, Budget. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you, Zig. Southland Tales. <laughs> that was a, a, a great, uh, great screenwriting masterclass. <laughs> I told you, Kalokohan, masterclass in Kalokohan. <laughs> we learned everything we need to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, what a coup for, I think, you know, not just animation, not just Filipino comics, but I think Filipino culture in general. It's so great to just hear everybody talking about mananangas and aswangs and everything. And um, pointing with the lips. Yeah. <laughs> no, no and, read, and read BBC articles about yeah. the mythology of the Philippines. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, what a coup, guys. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you, Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> and if you've been listening and not and I haven't seen uh, Tressa yet, <laughs> for God's sake. Oh, no, my God, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> warned them about spoilers before. Yeah, we warned them. We warned them. Okay. Yeah, People yeah. don't listen. Yes. <laughs> Do watch Tressa on Netflix. <laughs> Best enjoy now the on its third week. <laughs> Now on its third week. Now on its third week. And watch Tressa legally. Please don't pirate because if you pirate, it will not help the show's chances to thrive yes, in Netflix. So please, please don't support. steal our monies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm watching it in multiple ano, languages. Pa eh. Oh, awesome. <laughs> that, that's so touching sorry before we go but really for me that's the first time I've seen people really rallying people to not pirate like actively rallying people to not pirate I'm like I've never seen that before <laughs> this is amazing yeah uh, we like <laughs> to touch <laughs> thank you guys thank you so much thank you, thank you so, much, so much guys I miss you all <laughs> <laughs>